Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. We are back with back. some Thanksgiving content for you folks. I'm thankful for this pod. I am thankful for this pod. I'm thankful yeah. for you, Aaron. Yes, I am. Man. I this is we're recording this Thanksgiving Eve. Right. This will be out That's on Thanksgiving. Right. Hopefully, gives something for people to listen to, so they don't have They're to. They're gonna need it. The minute that the Thanksgiving table gets political, you pop in those little AirPods and mm-hmm. listen to our our Ridley Scott pod. That's. <laughs> It's you, the pod that everyone's been waiting for. Do you have a move, by the way? How good are you at avoiding politically thorny topics uh, Thanksgiving? Like, uh, are you an expert at navigating the minefield, or do you jump right in? You jump on the the IED and let it explode. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ridley Scott, have you ever seen Black Hawk Down? Because that's what it feels like. Some some of these holidays. <laughs> I'm the guy that's left in the Black Hawk. And uh, no, 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 it's fine. No, my, my family is not like overtly. Po- well, they That's didn't good. used to be overtly political. Um, but yeah, it, it's but, never a problem. I mean, we, That's good. there's more arguments over the uh, the Dallas Cowboys game than anything. Oh, so, good. Good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, is it arguments over whether or not someone from L.A. should be rooting for a Dallas-based team? <laughs> well, or, well, the or, thing is, L.A., for many years, L.A. didn't have a football team. So. Had so many football teams, though. You guys have had do the, we? Do you we? guys had the Raider. We let you borrow the Raiders from up north for a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then now we're we're letting Vegas borrow them for a minute. But it seems like they <laughs> might want to stay long term, which I'm not loving. Oh, they but. love. If there's ever been a better matchup than Vegas and the Raiders, <laughs> I've never seen it. it it's perfect. But for perfect the players or for the people? The fan um, base is, I oh, mean, yeah. they scream Raider Nation. They love it. They love it. Ride or die. Yeah. Uh, look, I actually got an opportunity to, uh, like some practice reps for my Thanksgiving. No one's going to get political on my Thanksgiving. It's not going to be a problem, but I did go to my niece's, uh, soccer banquet. Um, <laughs> and it was like a test run. It was actually right. a test run. Um, uh, I, I should probably be obscure with the details here since this is a <laughs> public pod. Um, <laughs> one of the players, um, mother's who works for a government agency mm-hmm. uh, seated, seated next to me at this pizza party for, mind you, four and five-year-old girls, okay? Yeah. Right? This is a We're literally, there's trophies for everyone, participation trophies for everyone. Um, <laughs> this is a league where they don't keep score. That, this is what we're, this is, this is, these are the stakes we're talking about. And so I, I'm seated next to. Are you talking mother. about the MLS? <laughs> Different soccer um, league than that? I don't know. Uh, I've never seen a game. I don't know. Honestly, this was a little bit more talented than that. Uh, but <laughs> the the Ladybugs is their name. Beautiful name. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and the, the, honestly, the most adorable team. I, I mean, this is great. But the, the mom's going on and on about her uh, the government agency she works for mm. and the mandates for the experimental vaccine. And she's right. starting to talk to me. People are kind of like turning away like, oh, no, don't want to have this conversation. And so she turns to me, friendly guy, you know, and she's she keeps she won't say the word vaccine without the word experimental in front of it. I'm even nervous saying that on uh, Facebook Live. Like, we're going to get pulled. Oh, I know. Immediately. Gosh. I know. Jeez. Well, if we get pulled, well, where we go, one, we go all. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't believe in any of that. But anyway, she was going on and on about how she's going to lose her job because she wouldn't get vaccinated and that they're mandating a week of um, counseling, which is like education that try to convince her to get the vaccine. And then after oh, the week of counseling. Oh, you mean brainwashing. Well, no. Nope, the word she used was a concentration camp. And I was like, oh, 
boy. Oh boy. Now, does she literally mean like concentrating with your mind? Like we're, I don't we're gonna... think so, Aaron. I don't. I think she might have been evoking a, a, a thing of a historical past that is was absolutely she a not at all. Star by any chance? Ooh, it was Hindu sweater. I was trying so hard to be kind without agreeing with anything she was saying, and then she dropped that line, and I'm like, "Oh, this is a test." That's crazy. It always busy. Ooh, it was tough. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I felt like it was a pre. You know, I mean, it was like a trial run. It was a practice run. It's like, how do you, you know? And literally that day, I'd gotten the booster, so I'm like praying she doesn't ask me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, did you get the experimental Maybe. vaccine? And be like, not only did I get it, I got the experimental booster, and I'm like young what if, and healthy. <laughs> so, yeah. What if she could smell it on you? She's like, this is. She could see yeah, it I in could, the there's, mRNA there's booster in, my eyes. in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like. Did you get it's... inoculated? I'm like, well, inoculated like Aaron Rodgers inoculated or like real? <laughs> By any chance you have COVID toe right now. <laughs> oh, Aaron, I've missed you, man. I've missed yeah. this pod with you. <laughs> oh, a lot has happened. Too a much. A lot has happened. Yeah. You are a home, an L.A. homeowner? Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. Well, wait, but it, you it's are. on its way. Are you not? It's on its way. Not officially, not officially, oh, but yeah. Okay. All right, all right. Sorry, my cat's yeah, out. I don't know if you can see the boxes behind me, but yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. We're on our um, way. Hopefully next month. Cross our fingers. It's a big deal. It's a hard city to own in. That's a. Well, you're telling me, man. It yeah. Was, uh, it's kind of imagine. kind of just ridiculous, like the whole process. But uh, thankfully, it's almost over. Yeah. Um, our new place, not as nice as yours. Oh, um, well, you yeah. stayed. Yeah, you stayed in our place before we did. Uh, you and Sarah, which was <laughs> true story. We were in between places. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You, you, living in Sacramento is not for everyone, and uh, and you know it. The real estate's a little bit cheaper for those that love it here. Uh, I say cheaper with an asterisk because uh, not really, houses, not that much. It's not really not cheap. <laughs> it's yeah. not cheap at all. And it's. I thought I was buying this house three years ago at like the peak of the market, and I thought like. Okay, I'm prepared for it, like to go under, you know, and just like bite the bullet, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it uh, decidedly has gone the other way. <laughs> it's, gone, <laughs> it's like up 200k, which is insane. But that's um, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, we're we're very fortunate that uh, just everything kind of like came together um, over the last six months, and we're like, it's it, you know, the prices are just insane. Demand is outpacing the supply, obviously, but we're just like, it's either now or never. So. Um, we just spent like day and night, seriously, day and night for a good three months, just like scouring every neighborhood and going and every, to uh, every open houses. And... The, the tricky thing is, is you find a place <clears> and <throat> you have all the things that, you, that your must haves and the non-negotiables and then some that are the wants but are negotiable, you know, and you find a place that like really hits the sweet spot location and, you know, it might, maybe it has like a patio or a backyard or something, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that's half the battle is finding that place and then. The bigger, actually, not even. I'd say that's a like a an eighth of the battle. And then the seven yeah. eighths of it is putting in a bid that isn't all cash and 100k over asking. You know, it's like what? That's yeah. Like, that's not even an exaggeration of what's happening right no, now. No, it's so yeah, crazy. It's crazy. And, and uh, like you said, there's these things. You know, you build a list of what you need and like the essentials. And and what we learned over the whole process was like, you might have five. Uh, initially, you might have five things that are on the like must have list. And the reality is, when it comes down to it, you're lucky to get three. Like, I think we're getting two of the things that we, we really like. Number one was obviously location. And then number two was just like a, a quiet building <laughs> to live in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're getting those two things, hopefully. Um, 
but yeah, in we're, LA we're, County in Burbank, right? It, it's in the city of Burbank. Great. Yeah. Which is like that. That's, it's actually like a, a really great location. Um, the neighborhood's really nice and, uh, yeah, we're super, super excited and very thankful that we're, we're in the position that we were in to, uh, to buy something and you know like you said we think it's the peak of the market now but who knows what it's going to be like in two years or three years or five or ten you just don't know so it's like now is the literally the best time to do it so we're just taking a chance and uh, i think we got pretty lucky so well i'm thrilled for you man congrats thank you that's awesome yeah that's awesome uh it's right next to ridley scott's place right is that yes that's true okay yeah, if I'm not mistaken, we did drive by. Um, I think they were doing pickups for the last duel or, or House of Gucci. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I just saw Ridley Scott and I was like, oh, hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. Um, <laughs> hey, neighbor. Uh, that's the Hollywood Hills for you. The, the Burbank. <laughs> the Burbank yeah, Hollywood Hills. We're seriously like five minutes away from Griffith Park. So. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, Burbank's yeah, right, at the, right at the bottom of the hill, yes, isn't it? It's like yeah. right there. I mean, that's sure where all the studios is. are. That's where like a lot of, you know. Yeah. That's a that's LA's a one mountain lion. I don't know if you've heard about uh, LA's mountain lion. No, lives in the Griffith Park. Yeah, is yeah. a real mountain lion. Mm-hmm. Mm. We've got like one or two. So okay, we're sure it's not like Kevin Spacey up there. That's just prowling. <laughs> <laughs> just we don't know did, where he lives. Did you just call him a cougar? No, that, <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, no. You're no, getting no, canceled. No, I did not. You Absolutely are not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Never ever. Oh man. Well, oh. I, I so I heard. You know, you, when you were talking about um, getting a preview of uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> political talk, I thought oh, you were going to mention your trip to Tennessee. Well, no. So Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> so I I, uh, I surprised my wife for her birthday with a couple of tickets to see live at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. Very cool. Just quick aside nice. there. I mean, two legends of comedy and mm-hmm. movies and you know, this is a sold out show. It, it was a it was a marvelous experience. Really, the whole thing in Tennessee was wonderful. We were a little bit nervous going there, knowing that Tennessee has a reputation for um, not taking COVID seriously. And um, not that Lindsay and I are militant about it, but we definitely wear our masks. Obviously, we got vaccinated when we we're eligible and we've traveled, but we're trying to be responsible. And I know Tennessee. Uh, let's just say when I'm looking for good school board meetings, uh, like viral videos on YouTube to see those freakouts. <laughs> Most of them come from the state of Tennessee. So, you know, I got off the the flight and, and one of the first shirts I saw was like um, was something to the effect of like COVID isn't isn't that bad because COVID isn't real or something. Abs- it was just abs- it was just like, oh, OK, straight yeah, up, just it. not even we're, we're going to bypass the it's not that it's it's just no worse than the flu or it's not that, you know, yeah, yeah it's there. Right, but, right. you know, whatever. it's just Is right it to true? the like, it's not real. Is it true that you saw that shirt and then like then you ended up going to the restroom and you saw one of those stickers that said Biden did this yeah. pointing into the toilet? Every That's gas like... station, every gas station pump. Biden did this. Biden did. this. Oh, my gosh. Um, I will tell you, though, the people of Tennessee are wonderful and we had a great experience. They seem everyone, nice. Honestly. Everyone we interacted with was, you know, they, they got this that Southern accent and that sure. Southern hospitality. That's very real. And I can't yeah. say enough about how wonderful the people were and how, how good the show was. Um, All the people. Okay. There was one bad experience. <laughs> we had a bad experience with an Uber driver. It was real bad. Actually, Aaron, this was, <laughs> can I tell you, I have you ever given an Uber driver like less than the five star or Lyft? Like, do you ever, Jeez. have you ever done that before? 
No, I can't think. I I don't think I have actually. It, it would be yet. very difficult for me to give less yes. than five stars. Well, even even people that are just like aren't you know I don't need people to be over the top cheery and no. friendly or whatever. It's fine. You, you get me point A to point B safely. Great. I don't need you to offer me M, like unwrapped M and M's and like you know, I don't or hand sanitizer or mm-hmm. ask me what music you know. I don't need any of those things. Just you know, drive, get me safely and on time. Great. Um, this is the first time, Aaron, I have ever given an Uber driver less than the five or whatever five four stars. Did you give him four stars? Literally one, because <laughs> you can't give zero. Yeah, this is the first time. I mean, it was that bad, Aaron. So let me tell you. This is oh, this. There's a long version of the story, and then there's a <laughs> less long version, but they're both long. Uh, so I'll do my best here to, to truncate it with all the details. But boy, it was a horror show. So we're coming out of the Johnny Cash Museum in downtown Nashville, right off Broadway. And our car pulls up, and I already know we're in trouble because he stops in the middle of the road right after an, a pretty busy intersection. I'm talking the main drag, honky tonk, mm-hmm. you know, what you're imagining Nashville to be. And there's a bunch of cars trying to come through the intersection that it's already like way backed up. And he doesn't pull over to the curb to pick us up. He stops in the middle of the road and kind of, and so I hustle out there pretty quickly. You know, I hop in because I'm like, they're trying to get through the red light and they're blocking the whole intersection, you know? (laughs) And so we hop in and this guy (laughs) still, no, this man is in no hurry. And uh, he's like, what y'all doing? You got ants in your pants or something? And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me. He's like, you have ants in your pants. I was like, no, no. And he goes, well, why are you running in the car like that? My, he's still stopped in the middle of the road, by the way. Cars are honking, you know. And I said, oh, well, you, the, the, free, the intersection's blocked, and I just wanted to hustle out so we could clear the intersection. And he's like, oh, that's nonsense. And I'm just like, okay, all right. Well, this is, just get us there, you know. So we have a 15-minute drive to our hotel, okay? And he starts driving, and I, he says to himself, Oh, this app does. This app doesn't know how to get around Nashville. I, I'm. I lived here my whole life. I know how to get around Nashville. And I'm not going to listen to these directions. And so he proceeds to get me out of. You know, he's going to drive his own route out of downtown. You know, which oh is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be great. Um, I will say uh, we did get to our destination. Oh, good. Fifty minutes later, five zero. <laughs> this was a fifteen-minute drive. I'm telling you, Aaron, we drove so far in the wrong direction, and I would have noticed it earlier. Of course, Lindsay had noticed it immediately if I hadn't had gotten into a, a, a little bit of a spat with our driver. Oh, and I'm that's not, good. That's good to hear. I shouldn't have done it. I, I shouldn't have done it. I was at my wit's end. Now, Aaron, a little more uh, back up a little bit here. We are Californians, both you and I, born and bred. Yes, okay, we ca- true. We carry the mantle of California. Mm-hmm. California is not a perfect state. I would never claim it is. Am I proud to be Californian? Sure. Is it my favorite state I've ever lived in? Of course. It's also home. Okay. People that love Texas that are from Texas. Great. We're homers. That's okay. You're homers. It's okay. Us Californians, we're used to people talking about us in a certain way. I really heard it the two years that I lived in the Midwest, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana. Anytime people are like, where are y'all from? You know, I'm like, I'm from California. They all had the same reaction. And I got used to it. it. Didn't offend me, but it was that look of like, oh boy, oh boy, California, huh? And then there'd be some variation of like the fruits, nuts, and grapes, whatever you know, like the mm-hmm. granola state joke, where you're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Oh, and then and then you're like waiting, like okay, you're gonna do the like, where it's gonna fall into the ocean bit, and then they do, you know, it's like mm-hmm. California's gonna fall into the ocean, like oh yeah yeah yeah, oh a bunch of liberals, oh yeah 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 yeah, okay, we pay high taxes, oh sure. Okay. I mean, they're right about a couple of things, but yeah. No, no, it's continue. not all wrong. It's not all wrong, <laughs> but I, I'm used to this derisive nature, and then we're to yes. blame for in inflating everyone else's 
home prices and value like we ruin their real estate and then we invade their yes we invade their we change their voting patterns and stuff like that you know it's like look i'm used to it i can take i can take the beating and the reason why i can take it is because these are people that in illinois that were telling me this and i'm from california and um <laughs> whatever like whatever whatever helps you sleep at night whatever whatever makes you feel comfortable i want you to be comfortable but i'm telling you right now california is pretty freaking awesome <laughs> and that's, that's a really, whole you know, heck of a lot better than some of that's these the things. thing that really gets me it, honestly it doesn't bother it's like okay fine we'll think whatever you want believe all the hype sure. whatever but 99 times out of 100, the people that are saying these things have never spent a day Not in California. <laughs> Including this Uber driver, by the way. Uh, of course. Of course. They've never yeah. spent time there. And these no. people, the people that were the most uh, loud about to be uh, were real small town rural Illinois. Of they course, hadn't even yes. made it outside of their small communities, much yeah. less the Golden State. Um, and these people would visit California. And you know what? They would love it. They would love it. It's great weather. There's a lot of things to do. There's oceans. There's mountains. There's everything you'd want. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, is no. Ex- there's traffic. Oh, no. Oh, wow. no. There's oh, a no. lot of people there. Like, oh, no. Yes, Why exactly. is it the most populated state in the union? There's some reason everyone wants to be here. Like, oh. Because it's so terrible. Yes. Because I it's know. so yes. bad. There's so many people that want to be here. <laughs> anyway. So, look. I have thick skin for the most part. This day, I didn't. This day, I didn't. And um, the man says, you know, well, where are y'all visiting from out of town? Yeah. Where am I? Here we go. Should have said Utah. <laughs> then I would have got a whole bunch of different questions. <laughs> uh, but uh, I said, oh, we're from uh, we're from Sacramento, uh, California. Uh, I said Sacramento, and then I realized I might not know what state that's in. Uh, so I said California, and he mm-hmm. and he just almost stops the car, you know, like kind of. <laughs> well, he doesn't. For he just looks back like, oh, like Here the disgust. Go. He goes, I would never ever visit a state like california and i said oh have you wait have you ever visited it he goes never and i was like oh okay and he goes well how do you like it there and i was like well what how do i like it it's like it's the best state in the union so i (laughs) love and Lindsay gives me that look you know she's like don't don't do don't this is maybe not the you don't pick and choose this fight you know yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I dug my heels and I was like, what do you mean? How do I like it? Of course I'd like it. It's the best state, like, by a mile. So, of course, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. has everything you'd ever want. Biggest economy. Biggest most, economy. Yeah, like, yeah. we don't, yeah, we don't have to rely on, the, I mean, we could easily be our be our own country. We would do just mm-hmm. fine. Huge surplus in our mm-hmm. budget, you know. For some reason, people think we're in debt and we're not. You know, all this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this man nearly stops the car when I said best state in the union. Now, I, I use that language on purpose. I use union <laughs> language on purpose, Okay. <laughs> He's still sore. He's still. Let's he's just still say uh, uh, the sticker, the bumper stickers this guy had, they weren't union flags, put it that way. <laughs> and uh, the guy just starts going off and off and off. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I can't believe you'd hate a place so much that you've never even been to. Then he proceeds to tell me how he would personally murder Nancy Pelosi, and uh, and and Lindsay's looking at me like this is a crazy person, right? And he's just like going on and on and on. And I'm like, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm putting my foot down with this guy. I'm not mm. gonna let him just. You know, meanwhile, we're driving the opposite direction of our hotel at this point. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we are going so far in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, taking you to Sacramento. Dude, the dude wants to drive me back to to the state. Yeah. I I want to show you around. Like, I'll take you to the Redwoods. I think you like it. (laughs) 
so the guy starts quizzing me. He's like, "Oh, I, I bet you, I bet you eat healthy. I bet you." Eat. I was like, "Wait, why is he saying eating healthy like it's a derisive thing?" You know, I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Oh, the only thing you need to eat in this world to be healthy is red meat. That's it. That's all you need." And he's like, "I got a hundred dollars in my pocket right now that says I have better cholesterol than you." I, like, and I'm like, "Let's put, take me to the closest <laughs> urgent care. Let's test it right now. Let's. I want a blood sample. I want that hundred dollars from your pocket." <laughs> That you're guaranteed. Colonoscopies. I, w- I won't describe what this man looked like to you. I'm promising you, he did not have better cholesterol. Let's put it that way. But on, I'll be, I'll be, I'll do a colonoscopy. I will do any exam this man wants for a hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah. The thing is, um, does he have, have health care? He didn't have a hundred dollars in his pocket, but he did have a loaded Glock. And um, oh, cool. Because he started asking me about guns, and he's like, "Let me ask you this: Has a gun ever killed?" So in the history of guns, has ever, a gun ever killed a human? And I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> He's teeing me up for this one. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, people don't kill people. It's the guns that kill them. That's you know? hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just egging him on, you know. And yeah, he is, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he is getting more, more and more flustered and. Then he asks, dude, he's asking me the most absurd questions. Like, he's like, how many of your friends? He was tell me this in California. How many of your friends? How many friends say yes, ma'am and no, ma'am? And I said, uh, uh, 14, 15 of them easily. And that's he, well, he's, a good no, point, though. he's like, in California, like, what's the percentage of Californians who answer questions with yes, ma'am, no, ma'am? I was like, it's got to be in the high 80s, 84%. <laughs> I'm trying to give it like he's asking me the dumbest questions and I'm giving him dumb answers. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm giving him percentages and he goes, well, that's the best way you know someone was raised right is if they say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And I said, I actually don't care what language people use. The best indicator for me of someone that was raised right is in their actions, you know, like how they oh, treat I thought you're going to go. I thought you're going to go even further and say. No. How they use pronouns or something? No, like that. dude. If I really <laughs> wanted, at that point we would be we would be murdered, and we would be left on the side. Our bodies would have been on the side. <laughs> I said, "My friends, you mean they?" Um, yeah, no, yeah. There's no way this guy was. He's going on and on and on about guns, and uh, and he's like, "Well, he's trying to make his point." He pulls out an Altoids. He goes, "Tell me right now, this has this, could this Altoids kill anyone?" I was like, "If you, yeah. I mean, if you took too many of them, yeah." Or if you threw that canister at, like super hard at someone playing, and you know, I'm just playing, you know, games with them. And then he's going on about respect, and and I'm getting, dude, I'm getting the full freaking smorgasbord, the poo poo platter of right wing yeah. Republican talk, like like Fox News talk, not even yeah. Republican talk about, like Fox it, News deranged up, talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's straight up like, messaging. Yeah, like. And then stuff. for a minute, for a minute, I thought he was gonna he, he was gonna surprise me because he drops this line on me. He says, "I will say, parents they shouldn't be spanking their children." And I'm like, oh, oh, I would have taken this man for a man that would have been like oh, pro yeah. spanking, you know? And yeah. then he proceeds to say, they should be doing a whole lot more than just spanking. <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. And he proceeds to tell me how he got real whippings growing up and not just like yeah. from the, from a belt, but his, his parents had a belt with little razor blades that they'd shoved in little holes and they, so they could draw blood when they whipped him. He's telling me this, you know? And I, I felt for a minute a little bit of sympathy if this if assuming that he's telling the truth, you know, but he's mm-hmm. advocating for whipping children to the point of drawing blood. And that's the best way to make them respectful to other people. It's the most absurd. Thing. Let's try it. I don't have kids yet, but I'll give it a go. I mean, what's the harm that you could do? Maybe like irreparable harm, <laughs> man, that physical, is... mental. And, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, the dude was going, he was going nuts and he's going on and on. And then Lindsay texts me like, I don't feel safe because like this man was armed for sure. Mm-hmm. And then he looks in the rearview mirror. He looks at Lindsay. We're wearing our masks, you know? Um, 
Yeah, of course he's he's not. Uh, I was but, gonna uh, say I didn't even no want to ask because I know the answer. No There's chance. No, way he's no chance. And so he looks at Lindsay and he goes. Uh, he starts talking about food and you know that red meat stuff. And he goes, "Now you you must love rice. How do you cook your rice?" And like Lindsay doesn't even. She just looks over at me and I look at her and I'm like, ay, ay, ay. oh boy. Um, <laughs> it was, dude. It was tough. I've never been in such a blatant like. The man, he he laid out his plan for how we need to be, um, we need to be killing more incarcerated people, even if they're not on death row. Death row should be three months and then they're gone, and they should be. We should be doing public hangings. I'm talking. This guy was like out of control, bad. Mm-hmm. And that at that point, I stopped saying anything back. I just let him continue in his rant. And I saw that we were 45. It was like yeah, 35 minutes away, still going in the wrong direction. And that's when Lindsay had texted me like, "I don't feel safe. Stop, please stop begging this guy on." You know, I'm, here I am, the moron. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, "Sir, we're not even. I think you need to turn around." And he goes, "Oh." Oh, what did this app do? What did this app take me? And he turns out and he goes, it's because this app was developed in California. And so he, good point. he starts off saying he will not listen to the app. He knows these roads, takes us in the wrong direction. And our hotel is a very big, famous hotel in the Nashville area. It's not like it wasn't. He knew exactly where it was. Uh, the Gaylord Opryland, by the way, uh, right next to the Grand Ole Opry. And the dude won't follow the app and when he goes in the wrong direction he blames the app because it was developed in the bay area in california <laughs> and it was just like he just it just came full circle anyway there <clears> are <throat> so incredible. there are, there's a lot more uh, there uh, that's literally the shorter version of it but dude insane but that thankfully, is a hell of an experience <laughs> yeah i got out and, and and then uber tried to it was supposed to be a 15 minute and like 16 dollar ride and, it, and so it was a 45 48 dollar ride and i was like oh no 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 no, no, no. And thankfully, it was relatively... I had to go through a few sub-menus on the Uber app to find the, like, yeah, I had a batshiz crazy driver that, you know, uh, took us in the wrong direction, so please uh, mm-hmm. give us our, you know, the, I'll pay for the original fare. Uh, and then I gave him one star, and I didn't feel bad about it. He uh, he earned it. <laughs> Could you see his rating? Um, Not after I'd given the star i wonder if i could pull it up and see yeah see if you can see if you can pull i it up. considered it like actually like right can we find him on facebook in. because can we actually get him to watch this live stream because we know he's on facebook oh oh that's all if he's not driving he's on facebook um or he's working out of his up in, he's he's trying to get his fish bait and tackle shop off the ground <laughs> that's real are you um uh sir are you making fun of an entrepreneur no 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 i would <laughs> how dare never. you ever Okay, let's see here. Uh, I'm looking at my past. Benny was his name. Benny. Oh, they tried to charge me $56 for that ride. Unbelievable. Jeez. Oh, um, yeah, I rated Benny one. Out of, it won't let me go to his profile. I think uh, probably for good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't even have his <laughs> picture on there anymore. Benny's anyway. been canceled from Uber. Oh, Benny should not be driving anyone anywhere, especially not California. That's incredible. That's an amazing story. Dude, Thank you for sharing. It was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Sorry. That was, that was long, though. You ready to talk Ridley? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what this is about. Uh, We're here to talk enter- Ridley. Entertain some people. So Ridley Scott, 83 yeah. years old. Dude, In- just Englishman. Englishman. 83-year-old Englishman. Brother of the late Tony Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man came out with two movies this year, two big ones. Uh, that we're going to talk about, The Last Duel, House of Gucci. Uh, you've seen, we've both seen Last Duel. We sure have. You, uh, I've seen House of Gucci, saw it last night. You haven't seen it yet. 
I haven't seen it yet, but I think we are going to watch it. Maybe this weekend. Okay. <clears throat> um, man, there are so many movies that have come out, by the way, since we last recorded. Like, I'm looking at the list of things I've seen. Last Night in Soho, King Richard, which was, I thought, wonderful. There's so can many I, movies. Can I can... just say how dumb I am? I thought Last Night in Soho was about Soho, the Soho, New York. And then I started yeah. watching it. It's, yeah. it's definitely it's not, not South Soho, of Houston or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is... Why is yeah, everyone London. talking with this accent? <laughs> London, so yeah, yeah. It was pretty good though. I made it halfway through uh, before I went. Before to bed. you realized you weren't in Manhattan. Yeah, I was like, "What? What is going on here? No one's taking the subway. There's no pizza rat. What's going on?" Well, uh, that's funny. Um, did you finish last night in Soho? By the way, I haven't finished it yet. Okay, so okay. about halfway through. I have strong so. feelings about that movie. Great first two thirds. We'll, we'll I mean, go over wonderful. it. We'll definitely go over it. Someday. Okay. Well, let's talk Ridley. I want, we'll just briefly yeah. go over last how we felt about Last Duel and House of Gucci, and then I want to talk about our five favorite Ridley Scott films and and some of his other lesser known or maybe lesser less good films, put it that way. But uh, Last Duel, did you like this movie? Set the stage uh, here. Yeah, ben, you're a big so, Ben Affleck fan, right? And so that's what this movie's billed as. This movie is billed as the first. Um, <clears throat> rejoining, I guess. For, no, the first re-collaboration between Ben Affleck and Matt Damon screenwriting collaboration since uh, Good Will Hunting. Um, we do know that they started movies together, uh, namely Dogma, which I liked. I thought it, uh, I thought it was great. Um, <clears throat> but so here we are, these two elder statesmen of, of Hollywood now, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Uh, they co-screenwrote... Um, this movie, it's based off a true story, right? The Last Duel. Um, it's set in the... Uh, do we know what, what timeline this is set in? Yeah. It's, it's the, definitely in the Middle Ages. It's the 13, 1300s. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got knights and castles. Yep. And, it's and yep, quite literally the Last Duel. Yeah. Yeah, right. And that's famously what the story is about. Uh, a man or is accusing another man of uh, raping his wife like flat out that's what this movie is it's this movie is like it's pretty in your face it's pretty blatant um it's i guess it's like game of thrones i don't know i've, I've never i've only seen season one of game of thrones but apparently yeah it, it shares dragons some, in this but yeah, yeah it shares some themes uh sure. some elements of game of thrones but anyway this movie uh, like i i enjoyed it i i thought it was a nice a nice um an interesting tale. Uh, definitely not for everyone. I can see why some people, why it was like lukewarm as far as reviews were go, as far as reviews went. Reviews were pretty decent, did, though. They were okay. Like the fan like score is somewhat low. Mm. Uh, but number one is like the box office was terrible. Terrible. Movie bombed. Bombed. <clears throat> but honestly, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. It's fine for what it is. Um, I thought we had some great performances. Like that's what really stands out about this movie. You mm -hmm. have uh, Adam Driver and Matt Damon like carrying this movie on their back. Oh, and uh, Jodie Comer, I think, yeah. is uh, Matt Damon's wife. Yep. Those three are like powerhouses in this movie. They're they're awesome. They um, and I, I think <clears throat> you have great set design and like you know good direction and and really does a, a pretty good job here. Um, I had no problem with the script. I thought it was pretty good as well. So. Overall, uh, I would say that I enjoyed this movie, and, and I'd recommend it for anyone that enjoys, you know, movies like this. So, it's it's didn't really love it, didn't hate it's, it. It's high quality yeah. stuff. I mean, it's really well yeah. made. It's well directed. Uh, I think if it fails anywhere, it's it, they have this. 
this this premise, this idea that I really like in theory, the execution of which um, didn't quite nail it. And th th what I'm talking about is this event, this inciting incident where this man and his seemingly his friend, one of his closest friends, who uh, his wife accuses of, of raping him. So Matt Damon's wife, played by Judy Comer, says that his friend, played by Adam Driver, raped her. And so... He, they tell the story in three chapters, one from Matt Damon's perspective, one from Adam Driver's perspective, and then one from Jodie Comer's perspective. And I love that idea because the nuance of like the way men view things and the way the woman the, and like the victim and how people weren't believing her initially. And, and the, the, the gist of the film is basically they have a trial and it comes down to basically, well, trial by combat. It's he said, she said, so have a duel and let God decide. Whoever, whoever lives is the person telling the truth. Which mm -hmm. means that if Matt Damon dies, that means his wife was lying and she'll probably have to be hung or killed as well. You know, like, because they, they believe that literally means uh, that she was lying. So anyway, so there's a lot at stake. I love the idea of telling the story between all three perspectives. The problem is, is it's a long movie and it, it it's is. too much of the entire story done three times. So it fe felt a little bit redundant by the end, I will say. Um, yeah, they do try to condense it a bit. It, like, have you ever seen the movie Rashomon? It's uh, a samurai right. film. Okay, You're talking so about Kira Kurosawa like, film? Yeah, so oh, this yes. is literally the Rashomon style, where you mm -hmm. have the three different perspectives, and mm -hmm. and it's told, um, you know, and like you said, there's some repetitive moments in it, and it's like they're kind of in a bind because they are telling it this way. Right. Um, but I thought overall they handled it pretty well. I mean, you do have, like, different details filled in, and... And yeah, the, some stuff was definitely redundant, but uh, you do get nice little tidbits when you get the different perspectives. And overall, I thought uh, pretty interesting movie. Uh, again, didn't love it, didn't hate it, but I would overall recommend it. I, I think I would too. Adam Drive. I will say there were people that walked out in my theater. Uh, That's crazy to me. I, this, yeah. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. Well, I think it, the subject matter and the content was tough. I think for them. Sure. Um, yes. If you don't know what the, what the movie's about, yeah, then yeah, I can, can see. Under, uh, yeah, it's understanding, uh, understandable. Um, the performances are the strength of this movie, and I think Adam Driver probably like. I add this to the like continuing body of work that Adam Driver is for real. Oh, he's on one. Like <laughs> Adam Driver is definitely on one. He's so good in this. Like he's really good, and so is Jodie Comer. Yeah. And I like, quick aside here. I this is. I, my dad is a funny character and I always love asking my, I'll, I'll ask my dad just, you know, wait, what's your top five, this, or, or give me your Mount, Mount Rushmore of this, you know, Western films. And he'll, he'll think for just a second, a beat and he'll rattle off four. Or he's five. got it. He's, he's got, got it. Loaded. He's ready. And, and he, and he's so sure. I can't even, so I'm not even kidding, man. Two weeks ago, I was like, dad, best actors, best actors of all time. Like Mount Rushmore. Give me your four. He stops her beat, you know, and I'm expecting Brando, maybe, you know, like Paul Newman. And he's, and he's, yeah. So he starts with Paul Newman, right? So he there goes go. Paul Newman, which and I'm in my God, he's going to he, he won't be able to say Paul Newman without saying uh, Robert Redford. And sure mm -hmm. enough, Robert Redford, he loves Butch Cassidy. He loves the stink. So he goes, Paul Newman, Robert Redford. Got to go Clint Eastwood and uh, Jodie Comer. And I said, I'm sorry. What was the f he said? Jodie Comer. I was like, Jodie Com Comer. He goes, yeah. And he likes very self-assured. The guy's like. Jodie Comer and my dad says with the utmost confidence goes I haven't seen a thing she's done that I've disliked it's all been right good. on That's and I'm awesome. like okay I couldn't I'm not gonna argue with that like how you can could make you the, that's perfect rationale no no it was perfect it was perfect it was like I you can make the argument that she's early in her earlier in her career and she doesn't have the body of work that you know but my dad was just like look this is someone that 
yeah, sure, maybe recency bias was coming to play, but I loved how we just stood firm. Like, he follows up Clint, Paul Newman, Rob, <laughs> Robert Redford with Jodie Comer because he hasn't seen a single thing she's done that he's disliked. Perfect. I, I'm looking perfect. over her resume right now. I think he's got a point. No, he does. She's been great. She's been great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's awesome. Yeah. So I, 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 I didn't follow up. To, like, I don't know how much of her content. He, like, I've, I've seen her in, what, Free Guy, Last Duel. And I, I saw her in the TV show um, uh, where she's like the assassin. I'm forgetting it. Yeah. Uh, is it Killing Eve? Killing Eve. Yes. Killing Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, the first thing I ever saw her in. And she's really good. Really good. I've it. heard that's really good show. So, so I haven't seen it. Yeah. It was fun. I couldn't argue with that. I was like, wow. I mean, she was in Star Wars. So... She was in Star Wars. What was she in Star Wars? She's she's Ray's mom. Oh, she's Ray's God. mother. Oh, I thought that was Palpatine. Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Palpatine was I mother and she, father, but I, I guess I, I, I don't know how the force works. <laughs> from an egg, I don't know. <laughs> uh, is she really Ray's mom? I didn't she's know. Ray's That's, mother. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, my dad loved the Star Wars movie, so there you go. He's yeah. right. He's there on point. Go. So I, I, I think I'm with you generally on, on, the, on the last duel. I, I'm surprised that it didn't do better given like the star power that's in it. Same. Um, but I do think that, you know how you sometimes you see these patterns in movies where these genre films will come around after they've gone, you know, whether it's not, I was going to say musicals, that's probably a bad example. But you see like these apocalyptic films will come around or like yes, absolutely. When, when, um, when Jurassic World, the first one with Chris Pratt came out and it did Buko Bucks. Yes, it did Buko Bucks because it's part of the Jurassic Park franchise. But there have been a lot of dinosaur movies in between Jurassic Park sure. or Lost World and now, and they have not done well. But there was something about the world being ready for another dino disaster movie. It it was just time. It'd been long enough, and so some. It's weird. I don't know. There's got to be a science to it. But there's certain genres that like have their way of kind of recycling, and the public's ready and wanting it. Yes. I don't think the public is wanting medieval content. I don't think yeah. it is. And I, I don't know if that's because Game of Thrones was recent and that well, left somewhat of a bad taste. Like, what do you think? I think it's possible. And, you know, maybe if this movie came out like during the middle of Game of Thrones, when when America yeah. had Game of Thrones like fever, it, it probably is a bigger hit. Yeah. Honestly, like it's a lot of the same themes, swords and damsels in distress and uh, orgies. I guess. <laughs> I don't know anything about those, but um uh, <laughs> I know that's what I'm telling you about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because you wouldn't know. <laughs> I would not know. No, I would not know. Um, so, yeah, I, I I just feel like there's not an appetite for it. I don't like it. Just didn't catch it in the cycle. Would, right. And I feel right. like this type of movie, you know, five years ago or ten years from now, could do buco bucks at the box office. Like I weird. Like yeah. it has the quality that it could be a hit, and it would. I wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, um, this is like the type of movie that would thrive in a blockbuster. So, you know, everyone, um, this is the type of movie you could rent. Like, again, if this was 20 years ago and it just shows up in a blockbuster on a Friday night and you see it on the, on the shelf and you see Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and, and the great Jodie Comer, uh, you would yeah. just pick it up off Mount the Rushmore, shelf. Mount Rushmore yeah. Comer. <laughs> you would pick it up off the shelf and you'd take it home and you'd love it. And then you would recommend it and they would rent this to somebody else and yeah. they would rent it too. So yeah. I feel like, it has the potential to have a it second definitely life. definitely does. Yeah, this is feeling. not going to be a forgotten film. It'll be remembered for its bomb, but like, there's going to be an audience for this, certainly. Oh, it, uh, like, also, how cool is the final scene? 
Oh, I the know. The duel oh, is incredible. It's it's vintage Ridley, which it's legitimately amazing. I, the I duel. feel like maybe that was the only part of the movie he directed. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't know if I can buy an 83-year-old man directing two movies in a single year. Um, well, yeah. I mean, also, you – okay. So, yes, Ben Affleck has fallen off a bit from his from his peak as a, as a, a really one, good director. Only one film. Only one miss. Right. But you're going to tell me mm-hmm. that you got Ben Affleck there waiting mm-hmm. in the wings. Um, you know he, he can fill in if you're mm-hmm. not feeling well, Ridley. And he's not Just, in the movie a ton. He's not. He's not. He's in like a quarter of it's it. Really not so. in the dual scenes. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple cutaways Cu- where he's popping. Yeah. yeah, he's in a studio in Burbank. You know. Um. You know what I I really enjoyed was uh, how they go over the three different the three different storylines in each. I don't know if you noticed this or if it was all in my head, but anyway, each time that they have a, a reoccurring scene specifically. The characters mm-hmm. have like different facial expressions, yeah. specifically Ben Affleck. Oh yeah, he, like his reaction to a certain moment that gets played over and over again is like totally different. Totally. And uh, so yeah, it's pretty funny. I love that. It's actually a lot of fun. It's, it's a nice little touch. Yeah. As are uh, the hair choices. The hair. I was gonna say the hair was the touch. Is Incredible. What that was. Holy Incredible. cow. <laughs> mm. uh, so, I just don't know so, if Ben Affleck looks like he. He belongs in the medieval times. Like, um, he's got a distinct look. I mean, he kind of looks like a like a modern SoundCloud rapper a little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. needs more facial tattoos, like post um, Benjamin or something. I don't know what we call him, but um, <laughs> like, I, I wanted him to start. I wanted to be like a Knight's Tale, like during the duel. Oh, yeah. I wanted him to start doing the "We Will Rock You" chant with the whole 1300s French crowd because they loved Queen. Yes. <laughs> Can we get a remake of oh. A Knight's Tale? Oh, rest in peace. Rest in yeah. peace. Uh, what's Poor his Heath. name? Heath Ledger, the Joker. Yeah, Mr. Ledger, the Joker. Um, dang it. Oh, so you can, you can compare this uh, Ridley Scott to his other release this year, and how would you compare Last Duel to the House of Gucci? So it's remarkable. This is what makes Ridley such a unique filmmaker, and we're going to talk more at length about his the entirety of his body of work and – you know, he's not an auteur in the sense of like uh, stylistically. I like I, I can't tell you how different Last Duel felt than House of Gucci, and it should. Last Duel's in 1300s France. House of Gucci is in 1980s Italy and New York. Like he applies the proper aesthetic to both of those films, but they are not similar. You would not watch both those movies and think like, oh yeah, this is the same director for sure. There's a distinct way that he cuts certain shots or frames certain things it's it's quite different um house of gucci is the better film <laughs> okay actually, okay okay i'm sorry actually i'm gonna rewind it's not the better film it's definitely the worst film it is however the way more watchable and entertaining Ooh, interesting film. interesting so if i'm talking about like the whole of the, the really the whole of its part the sum of its parts the Last Duel is a, definitely a, a better constructed movie. There's no doubt about it. And it's more, I would say, expertly made. House of Gucci, I, I struggle calling it a good movie. But it is extremely entertaining and it's extremely watchable. And it's it, it's an actor's showcase. So you have Adam Driver again, who is doing work. <laughs> but he is definitely um, allowing two other actors <laughs> that he shares the screen with 
to really go for it. And that's Lady Gaga as the main character who is Adam Driver's wife and the next wife. And I don't want to spoil the real life plot of what happens with that relationship, but it doesn't go well, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, uh, Adam Driver's character is his cousin, uh, is, uh, Paolo Gucci, played by Jared Leto under heavy prosthetics. And Ridley, let's just say Ridley let Jared Leto cook. There, He did not have, I guarantee you, he didn't try and correct his accent. Uh, he didn't try and give him, definitely didn't try to give him line readings. That's for dang sure. Because <laughs> every scene Jared Leto is in is so funny. In some cases, intentionally. In some cases, not intentionally. But I'm telling you, Aaron, he comes out with a Super Mario Brothers accent. That is so absurd and over the top and the way he's moving his body and it doesn't look like Jared Leto because he's under mm-hmm. such heavy prosthetics and he's like, you know, got, he's kind of in a fat suit ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he he talks like he's Mario, like it's a me, that's, it's a oh, Mario, awesome. you know, it's I a Paolo. Uh, the, literally, there is a line in the film, I kid you not. He says to his father, played by Al Pacino, which quick side note there, Al Pacino, it's probably some of his best work I've seen him do in a decade or so like he's doing real acting we're not not the mm-hmm. al pacino we've gotten used to is like the loud you know like mm-hmm. kind of out of control pacino voice like he's doing work as um as aldo or Al, uh, adolfo i don't remember one of the gucci, gucci Mane. gucci Mane. there you go <laughs> <laughs> he's playing gucci Mane. gucci Mane. that's right that's right that's the, the, the most important gucci so um jared leto there's a line he says to al pacino where he says it's a, it's a, I can't even do the accent because I feel, I, this, I love Italians. Just to be clear, mm-hmm. I'm doing Jared Leto, who's mm-hmm. doing an Italian. I don't know if Jared Leto's Italian. <laughs> I don't think he is, but uh, he goes, hey, he's a, a dinosaur disguised as a butthole. Oh uh, yeah, that's a line. That's a line he says. And he says it like, he's like a Luigi, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know? I'm the driver. I love it. I don't, I want my pasta. Like, it's so <laughs> over the top. And the dude, my I'm telling you, the theater I was in, sold out screening, yeah. just a handful of seats in the front row available. That they ate it up. They laughed at everything. It's meant to be funny. The other the other actor I'm referring to going for is Lady Gaga. Oh, I already mentioned Lady Gaga. She's great yeah, yeah. Um, with her Transylvania Count Chocula accent, <laughs> but she is. I think she comes from a family of Italians. I, I don't remember what her real last name is, but it's definitely Italian. Yeah. Um, and it's not Gaga, but. Um, that was disappointing when I found that. I out. know. I thought, like, wasn't that perfect? Getting born with the name yeah. Lady Gaga. I, I broke it Who broke knew? the same way. It broke my heart when I found out Lil Nas X. He wasn't. That's not his name on his birth certificate. <laughs> so upset about that. But anyway, um, <laughs> she uh, she at least seems aware of what she's doing, like going for it, and that that that's kind of a caricature, and it's like really loud, and it's fun, dude. This movie's fun. It's it's. 35 to 40 minutes too long. It's like two mm-hmm. hours and 25 minutes total runtime. Way too long. But like, I enjoyed watching the heck out of it, it, it for a, what's supposed to be a sad story. So it's so just from watching the trailer, it just seems like we're watching these famous people play dress up, which yes. is fine. I mean, yeah, sure. Like that's that's a mo- that's that could be a movie. Who cares? Sure. Like whatever. If it's entertaining, it's entertaining. But it really does seem like okay. Now we're gonna spend the next two hours watching like totally. huge celebrities. Wear funny clothes. Now, I don't know if we needed Ridley Scott to direct this. I, I mean, obviously, that's how it got greenlit, obviously, with the cast. And the cast probably doesn't join without Ridley Scott being attached. And this is, this is a movie that's been they've been trying to make since 2010, I think. And it's had various directors come through. And so I don't know if it needed his hand. But, like, you know, I, I'm grateful he did it. I don't know. 
again, I don't know if it, how different it would have been if it was in someone else's hands because this is an actor showcase more than anything. But it's interesting looking at has this is like it feels more all the money of like this is the Ridley Scott of all the money in the world or what is it? Uh, that yeah uh, yeah you know what I'm talking about all uh, all of it's, the money. Um, yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but it's, it's oh I it's all all the, all the money in the world. Yes, all the money in the world. Okay, that's the one where he had to edit out Kevin Spacey and put in the late uh, Christopher um, Freak. I'm already forgetting. I'm forgetting everything. <laughs> uh, and I'm not the 83 Christopher Guest. It's Christopher, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Christopher Lee is who you're thinking Christopher about. Plummer. I was going to say Lee. I was going to say Guest. I was like, dang it. Don't say Columbus. He's canceled. Um, it's Christopher Plummer who is canceled. He's the Italian. He's the Italian that we don't like. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's Christopher Plummer, who is also technically canceled by God because he's dead. But anyway. Um, no, I mean, I would say that he's. Uh, no, he's he's not canceled. He's extended now permanently because he's, he's up on, in heaven. He's on Heaven's Mount Rushmore. Was his yeah. last film Knives Out? Because that was great. Man, he was oh great. man, that's he talk was, about going out on top. Dude, seriously, per, he was perfect in that too. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about. I want to talk about his filmography, Ridley Scott. I want to talk about our top five and get to that quickly. Uh, yeah, is House of Gucci in your top five? It's Can not going to be my top that? five. Okay, it's not going to okay. be my top five. But looking at, I think I have twenty-seven films that he is credited with directing. Some of these films I'd never heard of. I've seen most of them. Some of them I'd never heard of. A couple of them I was surprised that he directed. I've seen them and I didn't know he had directed them. Uh, does anything surprise you on the list? First off, like, is there anything, are, are there any movies here that you've never heard of that you're interested in seeing? Oh yeah. There's a ton, like going back in like his early work in the eighties and seventies, yeah. a lot of that stuff I haven't seen. The duelist? Um, like pre, pre alien. I, any of that stuff I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, even some, some of the stuff from like the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen Thelma and Louise and, but, uh, you've seen a good think, year. No, I've never seen a good yeah, year. I hadn't seen that either. All right. Um, so Russell Crowe and Marion Cotillard. No, oh, you know what? I've been meaning to watch that because yeah. it always pops up on like uh, either yeah. Netflix or yeah, 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 yeah. I think I one think, of those I think services. The algorithms are pushing on me as well. Yeah, and I just never do. <laughs> yeah. So dude, yeah, there, dude, it's hard to pin him into a. I look at I just I'm looking for commonalities amongst the stories he's telling, and it's dude. There's war films. He's done medieval yeah. stuff multiple. There's biblical stuff. There's GI Jane. There's sequels. Uh, Hannibal incredible career like no doubt oh, about it like, gosh no kidding super talent uh, and you know he's got franchise fair that he's protective of he, he's got two main franchises that we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about uh, in our top five that he certainly is protective of as, as, as he should be uh, oh yeah but uh, yeah it's interesting seeing this he, he's also made some very bad movies I that's so hard not to do though as a director like it's almost like you're not really going for it if you haven't made at least a couple of stinkers, you know? <laughs> I mean, you have to swing for the fences if you're a director, right? Nobody yes. wants just like a milk toast, boring movie. Um, you just got to go for it. Is there a Ridley Scott film that you could pinpoint that you're most excited to see, but but you were disappointed in the result? Like, is there a movie that you were like, you had high yeah. hopes for, but it really didn't work? I mean, just like most recently, I think the uh, Prometheus because I was such a fan of the first Alien and even the second Aliens, I thought genius movies. But for some reason, Prometheus just didn't hit for me. It, it was just completely disappointing. Um, now, there's was it a bad movie? No, it's not a bad movie. 
but it just um, it just left me unsatisfied. Whereas yeah. like other movies he's made that I just don't like, like say The Martian, mm. I had no expectations Ooh, wow. going into People it. People love that one. They do. I hated it. I thought it was really um, really boring more than anything. <laughs> I just did not like The Martian at all. Um, wow. But yeah, he's done he's done a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, I certainly prefer his brother Tony. I think he's a much better director. How, how crazy is um, that, by the way? <laughs> not not to have brother filmmakers because we've seen yeah. that, yeah. Uh, but to have a brother that is so different stylistically, creatively, the stories he's telling. Though their movies are not at all similar, very different. But both, I would say, Ridley's the more celebrated in in the like critic circles totally. but yeah. tony scott you look at his filmography his, and you're like oh he's made movies that the whole world has just loves i mean like i mean true. yeah absolute legendary movies of the 80s and 90s oh um, yeah just if you go down the list it's just hit after hit but again not critically loved who's um what's your mount rushmore of brothers filmmaker we got cohen's oh, you got safties that they make movies together though right you've got uh they do. the Farrelly uh, brothers <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, like the cool. one didn't get involved in Green Book, though. That, that's just now, one of the brothers. Yeah, that's true. Has has um, what's Christopher Nolan's brother's name? Oh, Jonathan. Uh, yeah. T- has he directed anything? No, only written, co-written a bunch oh, okay. of stuff with them. But okay. not. I, he may have directed a film, but not with. Oh, has he directed? I don't think so. I want to say. I don't know, but they would be on there if they're on. Yeah. If they did. Yeah. Yeah. They're in but, waiting. If he. If but he you ever prefer Tony it. to Ridley, the body of work. Yeah. I, I think I just like his style of movie. It's more obviously it's more like popcorny um, action movies, very eighties nineties like definitive movies of the era. Um, but I think they're just like they're very extremely rewatchable. Whereas Ridley Scott is more like he's he's trying to make an epic film every mm-hmm. time he's out there. It's true. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Quick note on Jonathan Nolan. He has not directed any films, but he has directed television. Westworld, HBO's Westworld. That's, uh, I, yeah. I knew that he was involved with a, yeah. like, which a is, big might as well be film. I mean, that's like the budget of, yeah. like, a movie. Yeah. Um, I will, so American Gangster for me is my high hopes, and I left me feeling a little unsatisfied, primarily because you have Russell Crowe. He's kind of coming out of his peak stage, but still, good Russell Crowe. But you got Denzel in a great role. But I remember feeling like I wanted Training Day or Man on Fire, Man in Fire, Tony Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I love Man on Fire. That movie is, Great oh, movie. I wouldn't want that in anyone else's hands than Tony nope. Scott's. It is so uniquely Tony Scott. But American Gangster, outside of a handful of really cool scenes and iconic scenes, the whole movie, it's just, I, I have never felt the urge to revisit it other than the one time I watched it all the way through. So cool moments, but I don't know. I, I was wanting something more. So if there's one that's, that's disappointed me, it's probably that. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good call. I didn't love that as much as everyone else seemed to. Um, I've, I've seen it a couple times, but uh, overall just wasn't a huge fan of that one. For me, so for me, Robin Hood with Russell Crowe, I went in with zero expectations, f- feeling like it'd be pretty bad, and it was even worse. Um, that one is, I think it might be, for me, of what I've seen of his, his worst film. I mean, it's bad. tough. It's tough. It's real it's bad. Tough. But let's talk yeah. about his good films. Let's let's do our list. I mean, he's got a, quite a few good ones, if we're being honest. Oh yeah, no, his track record is very, very good. To be clear, um, like, I mean, I'm looking at all these films, and it's hard to make this many good movies. It really is. Now, my number five, which I'm going to just launch right into, was let's the one that y- you were disappointed with, which is Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Now, Prometheus got a lot of crap, 
and part of that is because it's tied to a beloved franchise. Exactly. Because of the first Alien film and Aliens, which James Cameron made a terrific follow-up. Um, some even like it more than the first one. I mean, those are two very... The franchise is beloved. I think, honestly, Aliens is like... That's an action I understand sci-fi. that it's James Cameron, but, but really it feels like an extension of... Ridley Scott, like, but it also feels like a different genre. It does feel like yeah. a different, like, honestly, it feels like action sci-fi. When the where yes. Alien feels yeah. more a little bit closer to horror, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll maybe we'll talk about Alien a little later on in the list. Uh, that's pretty good. But Prometheus good foreshadowing. If I attach it, it, if I detach from the Alien yeah. universe, which in large part this movie does not need to be attached to Aliens at all. It's only like at the end when you see kind of the xenomorph thing that you start sure. to see the connection or whatever. But this is a great example of, of him swinging big, going for big themes, big stuff. And does it all work? Not totally. And I understand why the people that didn't like it don't like it. But I kind of dug it. I kind of dug the ambition and what he was going for in this whole like creator thing. I really liked uh, was it Naomi Rappus, the, uh, the lead mm-hmm. of the film. She's wonderful. Uh, there's some great stuff in this. Um, and I think I also went in with having heard a bunch of crap about how bad it was. And I went in being like, I kind of dug it. I kind of liked it. So I'm putting in my number five. Not a bad call. I think well, little... it is. You just said how much you hated it. But what's your number five? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be a bad call for me to put it on there because yes, there I did go. not like it. Instead, I put uh, the movie Hannibal as my number oh, five. Whoa. Yes. Hannibal is the fourth and final Hannibal Lecter movie, a uh, movie in the Silence of the Lambs universe. Wait, is this after Red Dragon? No. Yes. Was it? It sure is. Yeah. Oh, I thought Red Dragon. Yeah, oh, wow. Is. Because, uh, yeah, it was, the, it was the very last one. And then they started making the TV show. Um, which I didn't really care for. People loved it. Um, yeah. So uh, basically, it's it, it's the it's an extension of the Silence of the Lambs um, universe. And uh, again, you, you get uh, um, Doctor Lecter and Clarice, and it's just all the all the people that we love from the from the uh, first movie or first three movies. Um, even though you you have Julianne Moore playing Clarice. Um, but yeah, just, it's a very good movie. I mean, it's just, it's kind of like, you know what you're getting a a sequel. It's a bit of fan service, but overall a pretty entertaining movie. Um, so yeah, it's number five on my list. Great. Um, I'm going to, this is not my number four. I'm going to call my honorary number four and that's white squall. It's not actually on my list, (laughs) but I I have to mention it because this is a movie that I saw as a little kid. Maybe terrified to go out in the open sea. I can tell you that much. Oh yeah. Also made me terrified to dream. Uh, that lo- that kid that you know he thinks when the boat's going down and he goes one two three wake up. You know earlier in the film he was told you know mm-hmm. if he's having a nightmare just say one two three wake up but it's not a nightmare. The kid's going down oh, no. with the ship. Sad it's stuff. Real. Kept it's kept me away from boats for a long time. Um, except those diamond princess cruises. Oh so fun. Uh, <laughs> but White Squall Jeff Bridges. This is one of those ones where I watched so many times growing up and it's a very sad movie. I had no idea Ridley Scott directed this till like within the last like few years or something it was like pretty recent that i found out and uh yeah you know what's interesting is you know i've seen it before and it uh, it doesn't really feel like a ridley scott movie and i think that's yeah you know some directors have like a trademark but style that's the thing. is there a feel what's the ridley scott feel i know really it's hard to say it's hard to put your to put your finger on it. it's not like a steven spielberg where it's like you can watch a steven spielberg and say oh wow this is he directed this um, which is good and bad, right? So you can have a distinctive style and and you can like pigeonhole yourself or you can just be versatile like a Ridley Scott um, 
and just kind of like make the movie you want to make and not feel obligated to um, like imp- put your thumbprints on everything, uh, which is kind of like I, if you know if I were directing movies, I would probably go that route versus uh, an M Night Shyamalan who literally has to put himself in every movie. Has to do it. Uh, <laughs> Cannot help himself. But yeah, White Squall is uh, it's a pretty good movie. I thought it was it was okay. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not really entertaining. My it's not gonna make five. What is my number four though? Another movie that I did not know at the time was directed by Ridley Scott, but I loved it the first time I saw it, and I've loved it ever since. And that's Matchstick Men. Good call. The Sam Rockwell. This is my introduction to Sam Rockwell. Uh, yep. I have adored him ever since this film. I I, I was immediately on the Sam Rockwell bandwagon, mm-hmm. and it's been happy to see him be celebrated with awards. Um, not that those mean anything, but I'm happy for his career. Uh, Nicholas Cage is great in this. It's got a wonderful twist. At the age I was at when I first saw this, I mean, I was in high school. I think this movie came out in 2002, maybe 2003. Right around there. And I was just floored by the, it's just, you know, it's a con man caper. And of course it's got all these twists and turns. And I just thought it was so well done for a while. I I was really on the, the matchstick men beat. I like, the point where I would like overemphasize how much I like it. Like I'd tell people it's my favorite movie for like a year. People are like, what's your favorite movie? It's like Matchstick Men. They're like, what? You know, it's like just because I wanted people to see it. I liked it that much. Um, I, yeah, I think that's like um, when you get a movie that's so clever like that, it's mm. very appealing, especially when you're younger. Oh, yes. To feel like to feel so attached to something that a story or a movie specifically that yeah. is like has twists and turns like that and it feels like smarter than other movies so but when you're yeah, older totally and you've seen it. a lot of other movies and you've experienced life like it, you, it's hard to recreate that feeling oh yeah and absolutely it really is like if i were to watch magic man first time now at the age 34 i might think it's just fine and interesting mm-hmm. but i would probably would have called the the ending immediately like pretty early on and i wouldn't have been surprised or impressed by it, but maybe i would have enjoyed it but at the age i was at it was perfect that it just hits you right in the formative years where you're like i've never seen anything that clever before and yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. fun feeling absolutely yeah good call my number four is um it's the movie body of lies Ooh, leo or with i think this is the only time he's worked with leo mm. leonardo DiCaprio. Leo, well, so yeah when yeah. he first tried to watch make house of gucci he uh in 2010 Apparently, uh, so it was Ridley Scott was trying to make it with Leo in the Adam Driver mm. role and Angelina Jolie in the Lady Gaga role. Of course, it didn't happen, but yeah. So it would have been around Body of Lies or a little after that. But um, yeah, this ended up being the only time they worked together. Yeah, that, if you haven't seen Body of Lies, it's basically just um, pure CIA propaganda movie in movie form. Um, it's post nine eleven counter. Body of Lies C- is what they should call the Steele dossier. Yeah. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the intelligence services <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> but yeah so it's russell crow uh, russell crow and uh, leo and they're just chopping it up right so leo is mm-hmm. like leo is the operator he's stuck in the middle east mm-hmm. um uh, becoming trying to solve some counterterrorism crime or whatever and then russell crow is like the hatchet man back back in langley um his or uh, he's like the go between basically, and he's he's one that knows all the secrets, and he is, uh, and he's only giving Leo certain information, and it's like who's the bad guy here type of thing, and yeah, it's a good movie, it's okay, it's fun, it's it's enjoyable, um, if you go into it knowing that this is it, it is what it is, it's just another movie that is disposable and and obviously um, slanted in a certain way, you can still enjoy it. And, and that's how I, I watch these movies. Uh, so, yeah, it's good. I'll, and I love Leo. So 
Oh, you can do no so wrong. Fun to watch. Even a movie like this, which is rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience scores also rotten. It's still watch very watchable. Yeah, totally watchable. Yeah, uh, and I think this is like the second or third time that uh, uh, Russell Crowe and, and Ridley Scott worked together. Yeah, they worked. And they've done. Good. They've they made like five or six movies together. I don't know. It's yeah, quite a few. No, a whole bunch. In fact, number th- number three on my list is the movie they're most well known for making together, <laughs> the film that got him his best picture Oscar, and that's Gladiator. Nice. Uh, it, look, this is a classic when it came out. This it was one of those you know like. Yeah, we talked about how The Last Duel came around and people weren't really ready for medieval. Gladiator came around and people were ready for the Roman Colosseum movie. And I will say this movie, it lives on in memes at the very least, which is the Are You Not Entertained, which is one of the great moments in movie. I love it so much. It's perfect. It's a great, great gif. Uh, Even better gif is the Joaquin Phoenix thumbs down. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) if you at least have two first ballot Hall of Fame gifs or memes Mm -hmm. in your film, you're making my list. So... Uh, but also, the, I would throw in I would throw in um, dying in the field of wheat as another potential oh, gif. Oh, as a gif? Is that a gif you yeah, use regularly? That's, that's a gif. Yeah, when something goes wrong, you're dying in the field of wheat. Mm-hmm. Just. Like. <laughs> I want you to send that one to me more more often. I would like that. <laughs> After this episode, <laughs> a review of my performance. <laughs> Gosh, I would love to go through and mine moments to make GIF, like try and get viral, like moments that no one has ever made out of GIFs and made memes out <laughs> never, of. But, they but never would, it. yeah. I will say, watching House of Gucci, it made me wish that it was on one of the streaming services because there are some memeable moments. <laughs> it seems like a very memeable oh, movie. Oh, yes. So. Oh, yes. Uh, so anyway, that's my number three. What's yours? Yeah, everyone's seen Gladiator. It's good. It's a good movie. Although it's I haven't, fun. I probably haven't watched it. Um, Jeez, I've it's seen been a while like, for me too. Really, I, I've been watching it through it, the memes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's probably been at least fifteen years since I watched it all the way. There's through. a lot of people so. in that. Richard Price, the mm-hmm. guy, like, there's just. I mean, it's a pretty killer cast. I think I'm gonna actually go back and watch it. So, thanks for the reminder. Uh, number three for me is, of course, Blade Runner. I mean, ah. how can how can you go wrong? One of the number greatest sci-fi three. movies. Oh, I yeah, can't number wait to hear three. What's one and two? Oh, oh yeah, gosh. you're gonna you're gonna be shocked by one of the top two. Okay, so. Uh, well, Blade Runner is just awesome. Yeah, it's my it's my number one, by the way. Yeah, but yeah. W- one more needs to be said. I mean, it's yeah. one of the greatest sci-fi movies of it's all incredible. time. Incredible, Harrison Form, killer performance. Uh, yeah, just everything about it is worth watching. If you've never seen Blade Runner, go watch director's it cut, immediately. By the way, you want to make sure you yeah. catch the director's cut. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put you on the record right now, Aaron. Uh, Harrison Ford is he re- re- Republican or? A replicant? <laughs> Sorry. Whoops. Sorry. Whoops. We already we know that he is a Republican. Oh, we um, already know that. Is he a replicant? He is, in fact. He is. In fact. Hate to break it to you. I hate to break it to you, but he is, in fact, okay. a replicant. And yeah. Wrong answer. Incorrect. <laughs> Do they answer that in Blade Runner 2049? Probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know. You didn't watch it. <laughs> loved it, though. Loved, loved the visuals. Loved the trailer. Um, loved the color. Uh, all right. Wow. Number three. I'm, I'm stunned right now because I thought one, two would be ours would be the same. Cause I feel like the top two Ridley Scott films are like, no, everyone I has the same two. You zigged. You zigged. I zagged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, my number two is alien and, uh, you know, number one is blade runner. So number yours yeah, is num- yeah. your number two is alien. Yeah. So your number one is the wild card. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're going to pull out council. So what do you love about alien? Tell me, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, it perfect. gives just one of the great perfect. performances, action yep. movie performances of all yep. time. Uh, I love how horrifying it is. I love how mm-hmm. scary it is. It's perfect. It's tight. 
it's got it's like the just right perfect amount of runtime, perfect amount of scares, paced perfectly, mm-hmm. a star making performance from Sigourney Weaver, and it spawned a massive franchise of films that he's been pretty protective over, even if he hasn't had a full creative control throughout all the different films that have been made. In fact, he did get back in the director's chair, not just for Prometheus, but for Alien Covenant, yep. which was uh, I think derided more than it deserved. I actually think it was a lot better than uh, people gave it credit for. wasn't great, but um, I, I do think that there is value in there, but nothing, nothing beats the original Alien. No, I mean, you can't really so touch good. it. Of course, it's Alien's so incredible the, the sequel. Alien design? Again, like you said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you said about Aliens being a different, completely different yeah. genre, which is which is a perfect touch because they ha- you couldn't improve upon that first one. Yeah. So what what do you do is, it's like you said, very smart for James Cameron so. to do it that way. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But but Alien is just it's a genius film. I, I think it's one yeah. of the great genre movies of all time. Um, so because I, of course it's it's sci-fi and horror. So yeah. I uh, grew up. I had seen Aliens before I saw Alien. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if that was because Aliens was easier to cut for TNT for cable or whatever. But I watched that on repeat with my brother. It wasn't. I did, and I had no idea it was a sequel because it was only a sequel because you had the S. Yeah, the pluralized <laughs> Alien. So it's not like it said Alien Two. You know. And I remember right. my brother telling me that it, that it was the second movie. And I was like, what? And he's like, they don't play the first one on cable TV. So I couldn't watch it edited. You know, it's already. And so it wasn't until a little bit later hard on. It's hard I think R. I was in high school when I, I think I was in high school when I first saw it. And I remember. I, might I hope your mom's in, not listening. By I might the have way. been in college. Mom, I was in college. I was over the age of 18. <laughs> and I was a, a grown adult. And I watched it, and I remember being absolutely flummoxed. I was blown. I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe how different it was because I loved Aliens. I love Aliens, the sequel. And so watching it, I was just like, this is a different movie, and it's better, which is crazy. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. It seriously does. I think it holds up to, like you said, um, the alien physical design of of the alien, the xenomorphs. I mean, it's perfect. Like, it's so completely frightening. I mean, it literally made a generation of people scared of outer space. There's nothing up there, but we think that there's, there could be those xenomorphs up there. Um, if we're, <laughs> I mean, really, who knows, right? Uh, but yeah, Aliens, I, my number two. You're number like, one. Like, am I doing the? Am I doing a podcast with the backup singer from Blink One Eighty Two, Tom DeLonge? <laughs> yes, I am on UFO Watch. Um, <laughs> uh, imagine leaving one of the most iconic. Punk, pop punk bands of all time to go chase UFOs <laughs> doing God's work Tom doing God's work <laughs> so I want to know what this this surprise number one is number one away. number one this is going to blow your mind right now number one is not a feature that he directed oh, go it is go. a commercial that he directed stop it it is the Apple Mac 1984 oh, ad my directed God. by Ridley Scott the most iconic ad of all time it is it is the, the most iconic TV ad of all time and it's Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott made it. So, of course, that's his number one. So, I, you're talking to someone who graduated with a degree in advertising. I'm telling you right now, in every advertising 101 course at one of the leading advertising programs in the country, they, sh- they are showing this commercial first. When I took a TV commercial production class, they pair you up with film students to make things. This is the first commercial they show you. This is the standard. It was the standard immediately then because I think it played during the Super Bowl. And it has been ever since. It's the, and it's simple. 
it's perfect. It draws on a known property, 1984. And you know it's perfect when the clip of the woman swinging the, the hammer around at the screen is used by both political parties and people on the left <laughs> and the right to make the, you know what I mean? Like, like everyone wants to co-op the message as their own, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's, I love that. There's a ubiquity there. But it's also brilliantly directed. It was perfect for Apple, who Apple was because we didn't know what Apple was going to become. Obviously, now it's complete ubiquitous. Like everyone, it's everything everyone ever does. Everyone has an Apple device on them at all times. Uh, Apple yeah, they are everywhere. big brother this, in the this, 1984 I mean, sense. Apple was somewhat known, but this was the real. What was the, what, which computer? Was it the Mac or the Apple II? Or was it the... I don't, uh, I don't remember, I remember which device. one it is. But, but they, yeah. I mean, obviously, they weren't the Apple they are now. But like this was a commercial that properly represented the behemoth and the really the world and culture changing company that Apple exactly had, had changing become. the guard. It yeah. was just like, it was Incredible. the introduction of the man. Home what a brilliant age. number. Yeah. I hate that. I hate how smart that is. Come Gosh, on, man. We're not a commercial podcast. We're a film <laughs> podcast. We talk about movies, not commercial. I'll, com- I'll talk commercials. I love to. Those, those Budweiser frogs, they were great. Uh, I thought you were going to say the Clydesdales. The Clydesdales. Budweiser Clydesdales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, what a good ad. Brilliant. Man, if every artist wished they could make one piece of content that really stands the test of time. He did that with a commercial early on in his career. Oh yeah. It's really incredible. He defined the entire medium, basically the TV ad. Yeah. Um, Good luck beating it by the way. Good luck. No, no one has. No one has. Yeah. Wow. Well, we've given Ridley his proper due. We're over uh, our, Maybe hour ten here. So and you know what's awesome is you sold me on House of Gucci, so I'm definitely gonna go. Go, Like I said, it's not a good movie. Just to be clear here, from a narrative perspective, from the pacing perspective, not a good movie, but it's very entertaining and it's very watchable. (laughs) So if you if you're in it for that, go and turn off your brain and just enjoy the performances. Uh, Parting thoughts here: What are you most excited to eat tomorrow on Thanksgiving? What's the dish? That. Are you a I, stuffing guy? Is it the dark number meat? one? So uh, Sarah makes really good stuffing. Like she's yeah. pretty pretty known for it, Ooh. and I do love it. But I will say my number one dish on every Thanksgiving is without a doubt potatoes, mashed potatoes, scalloped potatoes. Well, mashers. Um, yeah, give me potatoes with cheese. That's all I need. Lovely, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. way better than mac and cheese. Potatoes and cheese. Oh yeah, yeah, mac and cheese. That's for every other day of the year. Did you see the? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, it's uh, one of these rookie players for the Patriots. You yeah. went on like a diatribe about macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Said, "Get it off the table. It's just noodles <laughs> and cheese. <laughs> Doesn't belong there on Thanksgiving." <laughs> Very That's funny. Great. That's great. He's nice. got a point. He does have a point. No, he does have a point for sure. What's your number one Thanksgiving food? Quick. Oh, it's my mom's rolls. Awesome. Yeah, it's this old Yellowstone recipe that she learned from bears or something i don't know mm-hmm, she grew mm-hmm. up in yellowstone my grandpa's a park ranger and uh, i don't know she learned it i probably i think she learned it from her mom i think it's usually how these things happen they get passed down but i don't know they're unique in the way she rolls them they're delicious she only makes them once a year thanksgiving and so i always look forward to that put a little butter a little strawberry jam Mm-mm-mm. man so good. that sounds good so good can't wait yeah well i hope everyone else has an enjoyable thanksgiving go out and see movies well yeah, go Dude, do it. Oh, that's that's reminding me when we worked at the movie theater, Black Friday. I was just gonna say that literally the worst day, the, the most busy day, the worst day. It's like a, it literally like a war zone. Like we didn't yeah. talk about Black Hawk Down, one of Ridley Scott's films, but I would say it's more treacherous. <laughs> 
I would say I had some Black Fridays where I mean I had a dude who took out the entire ketchup thing that was like that's like in the it's in the counter. He lifted the entire canister out and, and hurled it across the granite countertop towards me and like a few specks of of ketchup got on my little like cummerbund or vest thing that they make you wear like they embarrass you you know the mm-hmm. uniforms that they've long since abandoned mm-hmm. and i remember just looking at that and <laughs> my man's looking at me, she's like are you okay and i'm like i'm and I, I like i touched the little speck of ketchup i'm like i think it's blood like i'm bleeding <laughs> everywhere like anything i could do to get out of that shift because it was literally uh, just a complete madhouse um, yes, yes, I remember having to run around. I had to run around because, like, someone. It was so crazy one Black Friday that, like, this uh, girlfriend boyfriend uh, who were very irresponsible and should have never gotten jobs there. They walked out because they it was they were done. They were really? done. Yeah, they walked out. They walked out. So I'm running around doing the sodas and then running over, running around back to the cash cash register. Uh, I, I had to do that for about 30 minutes before the next person would, you know, start their shift and we got more help. And I remember running around and getting a dude's drink order and then running back around to the cash register. And in that amount of time it took me to run around, he just walked by the cash register and just didn't pay, you know? And I turn, I, I look it. at him and as he's walking to the theater, he turns around to look at me and he kind of shrugs his shoulders like, I mean, do you want me to come back? And I said, and I just shook my head like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so he just walked out that with, he stole all that food. And I realized I was cool. making, you know, five fifteen an hour and I didn't really care. And you couldn't afford all that food he just stole. So, so, th- so why the fact that I'm telling people to go see movies uh, over Thanksgiving weekend, I've become my own worst nightmare. So. Well, the reality is it's not like that anymore. Not at all. I mean, it's it gets really busy, not at all. In fact, it'll be a yeah. ghost town probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. <laughs> But uh, we do have Hawkeye and Disney Plus dropped today. And tomorrow, what I'm really excited about in Disney Plus is the Peter Jackson-directed Beatles documentary. Get that. Never before seen footage. Lots of good stuff to watch. So everyone enjoy it. Aaron, happy Thanksgiving, bud. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 